Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode four of the Good Buds Podcast, a show about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not weed, but weed's the best. My name is Joey Belfiore, and I'm here with Andrew Bascom. Andrew, how's it going? It is, it is going. It is go, it is undeniable that it is going. We recorded this podcast seven days ago, and we were like, the Leafs are the best. We're kicking ass. Here we go. We're going to go to the game tonight against Chicago. We were so excited. Uh, by the time that that episode had come out, a mere hours later, it was uh, stale. It was not true uh, how we were feeling yeah. to how I felt at that time. And then we go through the whole week and not good. And if that Tampa game didn't come out the way it did, I wonder what this podcast would sound like. What, what a difference a week yeah. makes, eh? A lot of a difference. I mean, yeah, I was listening to the podcast we recorded on Tuesday after the game and it just made me mad. <laughs> I was so pissed. Who are these two stupid idiots? <laughs> yeah. It was just the classic, you know, we're, it's a, it's a Monday night trap yep. game against a shitty team at home against a goalie no one's heard yes. of. And then the goalie stands on his head and, uh, made us look like kind of fools and gave us a slice of humble pie. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, ex- that's exactly it. Uh, you and I were both in attendance. Uh, we had a miserable time. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and you know, and it's funny, it just carried in from there for the rest of the week. And then, you know, the Tampa game has less charm obviously we're gonna go through it so i don't want to like you know spoil everything in the first couple minutes here but like those comebacks against like tampa and stuff like that have less charm when it's against montreal because you're like okay that's great that we can do that that's great that the outcome is a win no one's no one's angry with that it's just eventually the process of how we get there gets a little bit worrisome or maybe even tiresome yeah i mean (sighs) It was, I think, insanely frustrating to see us go down the way we did against mm-hmm. Tampa, yeah. where you kind of are like, what research was done here? It's it's two goals that looked exactly the same yeah. on the power play, and you know Kucherov's getting the puck, and you know he's blasting it from there. And it just seemed to me where I was like, is this our best versus their best? And it's like, okay, who's going to win, right? Like, you know, the shot's coming. We're going to try to save it. And if he scores, it's just, you know, Kucherov is just a really good hockey player. Or is it not prepping the way we should be prepping? Right, right, exactly. I think it's the latter. I think it's the latter. I would would agree with you. There has to be something to be said about why the worse the goaltender, the better they do against us. There has to be something to this. And I, <laughs> I need someone that's much smarter than me to figure this out. But the second I start seeing, uh, you know, like players with the goals against average in the three, I'm like, uh-oh, oh, it's going to be tough for us tonight. Why is that? That's crazy. If, if, yeah, if you haven't heard of the goalie, yeah. be scared. Yes, yes. It's another David Ayers. Like, here we go. Like, uh-oh, here we go. You know, let's get, I, I just... <laughs> I, it just blows my mind. Like, hey, a win's a win. You need them. That's great. And yeah. it's great to show fortitude and it's great to come back and everything. But uh, yeah, that's uh, Tampa. It's not the old Tampa. Like it's not, they, they wear the same jersey, but it's not the same thing. So we need to, uh, we need to do a little bit better against teams like that. Yeah. They also wear the same jersey as us, which pisses yeah, me off. Yeah, that's so stupid. How in the just NHL? completely stole our, our color scheme. How in the world did the <laughs> NHL allow that? The, the same color scheme. I don't mind their 04 jerseys with the black sure. and the... The silver. Yeah. I mean, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I, I don't get the, it at the, all. I'll, I'll just say jerseys in general, the the minimalization of jerseys, the fact that everyone wants to reduce it to like the smallest logo and this like the, the least detail and the less poppy colors. I hate that. We should be like every jersey should be crazy. We're like from 100 feet away. I can go. Oh, uh, yeah. 100 <laughs> percent. Oklahoma City Thunder. I got it. No, no problem at all. 
Yeah, it drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. Just go to like the KHL with 20,000 advertisements. <laughs> yeah, on it's getting there. It's going there. It's, it's one- they look like race car drivers. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Oh boy. All right. Let's, let's talk, let's talk positive for okay. a second because yeah, I mean, there was a lot, I think, not to like last week, but I just kind of want to just give a shout out to our captain, mm. Mr. John Tavares, because this man has taken so much poo yep. over the past few yeah, years, just poo. solely based on his deal mm-hmm. and has done nothing but stay consistent, right. stay healthy, mm-hmm. deliver. Uh, he's off to a torrid start again this year, nine points in five games. Uh, just like Willie Nylander, nine points in five games. And it just, it always wants to come up that it's the year of the John Tavares decline or John Tavares is going to decline. We've got to move him to the wing or that contract is awful. John Tavares and like, he has been nothing but solid. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 through his Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I just, it's, it's crazy that we, it's, we are so ready to like pre bury the guy going like, okay, this is great and all, but next year, you know, when that contract gets, you know, becomes an albatross and hangs around our neck and then it becomes a winger and all this kind of stuff. And then eventually he just puts up, you know, you know, point per game and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, oh, it wasn't this yeah, year. When yet. he loses a step, yeah, when, he, when he loses when a it step. happens, you know what I mean? And, and like all the stories about him too is that he is a robot. He is, he is. Not he's not real. He's probably cyborg. Let's go with that because he probably has a human heart. But like the fact that he, <laughs> the fact that he like like he carries his own olive oil and like he does his own thing. Like no, it's got to be this one. Got very specific. You're like, I if anyone's gonna age well, it would be somebody that takes care of themselves like this. I I you know I get a little tired with how much we want to just kill this guy over and over again when all he's done is produce. He has been. The, it, it is a now an unpopular opinion to go, you look at this contract and instead of saying, oh, this has been horrible for the Leafs, I think we have absolutely gotten every ounce of worth of the deal that when we signed it. Where we were as an organization to where we are now, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, take wins where you can get oh, it. Yeah. He broke the curse. Yeah. And it was tremendous. <laughs> tremendous. I thought it was tremendous. That's perfect. It's perfect because there's no in, uh, no no like affectation to it at all. Just flat. Like yeah, uh huh. Yeah, that was very good. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> thought it was tremendous. <laughs> but yeah, it's just he's he's playing so so well. And that second line too. When we we probably talked about this a week ago. The second line. Uh, what are we going to do with the second line? Absolutely, all they've done is produce. And now we think we've seen maybe a little bit more st- stability with the second line. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, it's really nice. But I think what everyone. I guess is talking about the biggest topic in Leafland right now is the goaltending yeah. situation. Yeah. Uh, Joe Wall starts Tuesday night in Washington. Sheldon Keefe said this was a scheduled start for Wall. Sammy's performance on Saturday had nothing to do with it. Wall was getting the net on Tuesday, no matter what. Um, but let me ask you, yeah. just by the way that this week has unfolded, are we? Do we got a? Good old fashioned goalie controversy going on. Yeah, I uh, I think you kind of have to, and I usually am the last one to alarm the bell. Like, oh god, we got to really worry about this. But at the same time, the three goals on four shots in Tampa Bay to get the pull for Samsonov, uh, not great. And it's not like this is an outlier. It's not like he, he. I don't think he has put together a good game yet this season. So. It does make you wonder, but it is funny, you know, about two weeks ago, we were like, man, it'd be great if Wall can put together a couple of good solid starts and be really the, you know, the number two with a stamp and be a reliable mm-hmm. backup to Samsonov. And now we're all of a sudden going, is Wall the starter? And you're like, well, crap. I, it makes you want to hold your horses a little bit because to rely on him that much would feel like we are going too far the other direction. But Samsonov has not played well enough to not answer those questions. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, am I ready to say that Wall is the number one goalie? No. no, but am I ready to say is Tuesday night a massive opportunity for him? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Probably his biggest opportunity. Uh, the the biggest opportunity of his career, just based on the fact of who's playing around him and how yep. they're playing around him. And you know that if Wall comes out and stands on his head and has a great game, has a solid game, I think it's fair to say he gets one of the two starts in the week, whether it's Dallas or Nashville. Yeah, I, I know it's so early and like, yeah, the, the three goals on four shots is horrendous, especially like what I talked about earlier. Like, Sam, you got to get over. Yeah. One Kucherov blast, I get it. The second one, you know it's coming. You know it's coming. You see a stick tickling the rafters, and you know it's coming. you got to get over yeah. it. Um, you just can't have it. And, yeah, it's super early. I think Sammy will have all the opportunity in the world to find his game, mm. to regain control of the net in the future. But I do see this as a goalie controversy. I do see this mm. as an opportunity for Wall. And uh, I would, you know, I mean, yeah, I would love for him to run with it, but We'll see. We'll yeah, see I, I will. You know, I think there's this, this weird misconception in hockey all the time that you're like, well, we need a top six goaltender to win. That's what you need. That's that's like that is absolutely mm-hmm. the, the blueprint to how to win. But more often than not, it is a goaltender, a goaltender that has had not the most stellar career that does often win the Stanley Cup and it work takes them on long stretches, you know, and. Like, like Vegas won last year, you know, you know, uh, when Avalanche 20,000 goalies with, with every goal, I think you and I played it a couple of shifts. You know what I mean? Like I, the Avalanche won the, won the Stanley cup, didn't even sign the goaltender again. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. there is a, I would just say is just when people are worried about wall going in, like, well, what's his experience? You're like, if he plays well, he plays well. That's all we can ask for. And if, and, and if he's playing well, we'll keep playing him. So as much as it's a controversy, I think you just go with the goaltender that's playing better, no matter the, uh, the their Co- record. The Corey Crawford system. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, you know what? I think it all depends on how the team is built, right? Like if, if you have a team that's built, that's defensively sound, um, that's built around, like the Islanders, for example, mm-hmm. they're not going to score many goals. No. You need a you need a top six goalie for a team like the Islanders to stay afloat. Totally. For a team like Toronto that is going to outscore a lot of the problems, that is very run and gun, mm. that tends to find themselves in games that open up a lot with yep. a lot of chances. I don't know if a top six goalie, like, I mean, yeah, obviously having a top six, six goalie is great, but oh, yeah. like, you're still going to allow a lot of goals just by the way we play. Yeah. By the way our system is built, we are going to allow, I think, more goals than, you know, the Islanders, than the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. That being said, uh, yeah, this is an opportunity. It's all about getting hot at the right time. It's all about getting hot in the playoffs. And yeah, we're 20,000 months away from April, but <laughs> yet we'll see what happens. I think I, it's been yeah. decided already that we were playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think that's already, is that confirmed yet? That's been locked in. Okay. Yeah. We're set, yeah, we're six games in and we're, that's, that's, of course, that's what we're going to be doing. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it might not be a full blown controversy yet, but man, is it well on its way? Especially you're right. If he, if Joseph Wall plays well. Uh, against the Washington Capitals. Yeah, I, I think um, with the way we have started three and two, Leafs Nation likes to say the hair is on fire. Oh, yeah, right. Things Absolutely. are, shit is hitting the fan. Um, but compared to the last two years, right. four, four and one, mm-hmm. four, four and two, sluggish Octobers yeah. the past two years that were then kind of erased from memory just by how hot they got in November yeah. both years. Do you consider three and two a sluggish October. Like, are you 
looking at this five games in and you're like, why can't we fucking find our game in October? I again, yeah, I, I yes, I actually would. I, uh, as much as we're talking about not being alarmist, I think this is a real thing. We, we have trouble in October because even though the record is a winning record and that's great three and two, you know, I don't think you feel good about those wins going like, fuck yeah, we kicked the crap out of those people. You know what I mean? The Montreal game was an absolute slog against a top, a bottom five team in the league and Tampa Bay, we had to come back huge against, uh, and that's something that, you can't expect to do every time we need a couple of more signature wins, a couple of like just boot stompings where you're like, Oh, okay. That's yeah. Okay. That's, that's the team. There we go. Those are the wins we need. So yes, I would say short of that and the expectations that are placed on this team with the talent they have on it. This is a sluggish start. Yeah. I mean, (sighs) it's, it's funny because you're just like, well, you're just like five games. It's it's so hard I to... I know. But yeah, you have to put a label on it. And, and we haven't had that win where you're like, this was a dominant win. Yeah. This was a full 60. I'm not looking at any sort of cause for concern from that game. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I just... Uh, hmm. I look at the Florida game and that doesn't piss me off that much. No. It more so pisses me off about the fact that we lost to Florida and I hate Florida. Yeah, Florida sucks. But the way we played that way, that game didn't really piss me off. I thought Bobrovsky played the way he did in the playoffs yeah. where it's like, again, my goodness. Um, but I, I look at three and two and I see roster turnover and I, it's, it's the same way every year we have. Yes. Our core has remained intact, mm-hmm. but the roster, the depth of our roster, the goaltending has always changed year to year. Yeah. And now, especially this year with the new GM, with new assistant coaches, right with the new power play system, which we'll touch on later. I think it takes time for these players. I mean, every single line and every single defense pairing is different this year, other than Riley Brody. That's the only returning line or defense pairing. So I think you got to give it time. I mean, John Klingberg didn't play in the preseason. I mean, we're still not sure where Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi fit in this lineup. And I think, for you to look at it five games in, and if you're like, uh, three and two, I don't think that's a sluggish October. I think that's more like we're still trying to get settled, and I'm willing to give it the next few games to see that's that settling in happen. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, but both things can be true, right? Like, we are getting a bunch of new people that need to figure out what they're doing, and therefore we have a slower start than usual, right? Um, but, and luckily they don't look at like, you know, it's not like, how do you get in the playoffs? Like, well, we take your record from October. You know, I, I, I understand that it is a slow build into a very long year and, and, mm. uh, you know, year after year, the Toronto Maple Leafs have done really well in the regular season. So, and I will say also like year after year, we keep going every time we get out of the playoffs, we're like, well, the regular season doesn't matter. We just need to get in the playoffs. So to like, to say that these five games are like the most important games that we're going to play all year. No, you wish they were playing better, but if this uh, growing pain results in you know uh, a longer playoff stretch or, or more success down the road. Then then you take it every time. Yeah, if a sluggish start is three and two, then I'll take that. Yeah, I like guess if, that's true. Yes, if struggling is three and two, then I will take it. Six out of ten points. Yeah, 60 percent win win percentage. Yeah, like that's that's not the worst yeah. thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not, I'm not worried, but it is a little, you know, like yeah, you know, well, whatever. It's annoying. Yeah. I think more than anything. Yeah, that's a good way. Of You're it. just like again, fuck. fucking again (laughs) um and and the guys you look at max domi yeah tyler bertuzzi what do you max domi had a game to kind of quiet everyone down a little bit on saturday because everyone was ready to lose it 
over Max Domi's play <laughs> yeah. at the beginning there. But now it's kind of created this this kind of like wishbone, right? It's like, which way are you going to go? You, you've got Max Domi and Matthew Nyes who played really well together. And you're like, are you going to keep those two together and see what you have in those two? Or are you thinking, does Matthew Nyes belong on the first line where Tyler Bertuzzi kind of looks lost right now? What do you think? Yeah, I it's this is always the first line issue where we go, wow, he's playing really well. He should play on the first line. There is that scares me a little bit when you're going, well, he's playing really well and we're, we don't have uh, bottom six production. Shouldn't we keep him where we need production to come from? You know, the top line with Matthews Marner should have, you know, whatever the janitor playing left wing and he should be able to play really well. It's the old Crosby thing <laughs> where they kept getting a guy on a one-year contract and Crosby's like, uh, yeah, I'll make him. I'll, he'll score 30 goals. It's okay. You know what I mean? And, and then they leave Pittsburgh and then they're never the same. I, I've always kind of wondered putting Bertuzzi up there felt like kind of uh, being spoiled a little bit. I don't feel that way this uh, at this point because Tyler Bertuzzi is not playing well. He does look lost. He, he mm-hmm. I think that's it. We, we kind of talked about this off the podcast, but like I think there's something very frantic about the way he plays. And so when he's not playing well, it makes you kind of go, does he know what he's doing? What's going on? He feels like he's freaking out all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. He looks sloppy. He full on looks sloppy. He does. I mean, he does. He's behind the play. It looks like he can't keep up with Matthews and Marner. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't been able to take their passes cleanly. Like I, it, it, there's a lot from his game where I'm just seeing like just it's sloppy. It's yeah. it's looking lost on a line where maybe he's not supposed to be. And and we we saw. I think everyone in Leaf, Leaf Nation saw the Tyler Bertuzzi signing. And was like he's. First line left wing. Yeah, that's where he's going. Pencil it in. And of course, that's the opportunity. You're paying someone five plus million dollars. That's where he should be playing. But at what point are you are you looking at Matthew Nyes' ice time and you're like, the kid has earned more? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I I would like to see it. I mean, I'm sure we will see it, whether it's starting a game or in game, but I would like to see it. I would love to see Matthew Nines get more ice time. I would love to see him on the left wing of uh, Matthews and Marner. And I just think right now with the way they're both playing, he can add a little more. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I Again, it, it all comes back to, you know, settling in a new, in a new system. But Tyler Bertuzzi kind of looks lost, man. Oh, I, I, I'm no doubt about that. And I, the only thing I'd say is that it's just – it always comes down to bottom six production for me, where we I don't worry about the top two lines, and especially this year, I'm not worried about the top two lines. They've been carrying the team for the most part. But every time that someone plays well, we just can't take them from the bottom six. Or if they're not playing yeah. well in the top six, we go, well, put them in the bottom six. You're like, well, then we're only kind of, you're, we're doubling our problem here a little bit. I, I think if Matthew Nice is playing well and Domi's playing well, that's our third line. Like, let's just figure it out. You know what I mean? Put David Camp between them and who the hell cares? And I just worry that we're only truncating our problem a little bit more by by stunting the growth of players. If Bertuzzi needs to figure it out, what a great place to make him figure it out beside Matthews and Marner. You know what I mean? Like, that that's solves a, a lot point. of problems. That would be my only counter argument. But in the meantime, if we're not scoring goals, yeah, put Matthew Nyes on the top line. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, you know, as long as if... That third line is going. Right. They're seeing the ice as much as they should be That's seeing. A good point. Like I think the ice time has been talked about recently of, of people saying that Matthews Marner are getting a little too many minutes. Yeah. And how can you sustain this over the course of an eighty-two game season? Um, but yeah, I, like you look at the you look at Saturday where the fourth line barely touched the ice, and, and you're running three. And thank God the third line was going. Yeah. Otherwise, 
what happens there? Well, it's it's. I'm glad you brought it up. The time, uh, ice time is something I would just so badly want to talk about. But like, I swear to God, I'm not going to talk about the fourth line or Ryan Reese every episode. But it is one of these things where <laughs> he takes up so much oxygen, and then he plays six minutes, and you're like, right, maybe this doesn't matter. But at the same time, you kind of worry that you have players that you just can't play, or you have lines that you just can't play, and that is not sustainable over the, the 82 game season, hopefully 100 game season. You know what I mean? Like, it's just having a line you can't play is just doesn't work and so that is also my fear because it puts so much pressure not only on the first two lines that are going to play way more than they should but a third line that has to produce or we are screwed like we're just we're actually in a lot of trouble so that balance is is more of the issue but yeah the time on ice thing is is odd and worrisome yeah i mean both matthews and martin are playing on the penalty kill those minutes are going to be up if you look at like a game on like on saturday how many power plays did tampa bay have oh a a million yeah Oh my God. Oh my God. And the Florida game was insanely tight. It was the entire game was in the box for both teams. Yeah. Yeah. The the most dangerous play was Willie going into the corner and, and getting boarded (laughs) and it wasn't called. And, but everything else was called. Um, so I think when you look at that, when the game situation, game management, whatever you want to call it plays out that way, you're going to have even less from your fourth line. You're not putting Mm -hmm. them in those situations, Mm -hmm. but that being said, I like the way Homer, Homer played there. Yeah. I, I liked what I saw from him. The, the brief little bit we saw, I, I'd like to see more. I think it gives David Kampf more of a role on that third line with Domi and Nyes. Yep. Um, the defensive responsibility for him on that line yeah. where you've got a young guy to his left who, you know, Matthew Nyes plays a solid 200 foot game, but say. he's very young, yeah. very inexperienced. Yeah, yeah. Domi, as we know, does not have that defensive responsibility. He, he brings the offense. David Camp doesn't bring no offense. So if you can have a guy who's, who can win you a bunch yeah. of draws and be responsible defensively, I like those two options on either side of him. I think it gives David Camp more of a role than I think with him and Gregor and Reeves, David Camp kind of looked lost there. Yeah. Uh, where it was like, what's, what's his purpose on the team? Yeah. I think, I, but I like, I like him up at, at uh, 3C. Yeah. I, I, I do too. I I don't. Someone's someone that is very smart, maybe analytical in, in some way, will have to explain it to me. Is doing is this the right way to do it? Where you do camp, superior defensive player, very good defensively, an absolute zero offensively, with a good offensive player in Max Domi, uh, with that is a negative in uh, in defensively. Mm-hmm. Did do they balance each other out to zero? Like is that complementary skills or are you negating each other's real skill? I honestly don't know. Uh, but it does, you're right, I think the most important part is it gives them purpose of what what are they intended to do in this line. Camp, win face-offs, and help help cover Domi. Domi, get the, uh, get the puck to nice. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're we're going to see that. Yeah. So we, we saw like the tiniest sample size yeah. on Saturday, but we're going to see that. So it's exciting. Yeah. It was a hell of a pass. That Domi pass, is, it, it was a hell of a pass. Ooh, that was nice. Yeah, it was. That was very nice. Mm-hmm. John Klingberg is playing on the third pair, but playing power play one. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how you balance out John Klingberg. Mm-hmm. It, everyone <laughs> wants to jump on Klingberg's, yeah. Klingberg's back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's what I think it's going to continue to happen. I mean, he's wearing three in a Toronto Maple Leaf sweater. That's just kind of like, that's what happens. Yeah, we, we have Speaking PTSD. of which, Justin Hall had three assists the other night. I know. He looked good. <laughs> I know. God. I know. We miss you. We should call you sometime. Uh, but you, this is exactly what you predicted in the preseason too. You're like uh, third line, uh, excuse me, third mm-hmm. pairing and power play one. 
So if he's doing that, is this up to expectation or like, it's not like we didn't know there was going to be defensive issues with him. Yeah. Come on. Like we knew that was coming. Yeah. And he has supplied offense. Like he, he's that power play looks really good and he has got an absolute howitzer. So speaking of that, People are talking, Jonas kind of referenced it in his article this morning about like, I know it's super early, but the the power play is worse than last year. And I'm like, give me a break, (laughs) man. And obviously now everyone jumps on that and it's like, the power play is worse than last year. What's Klingberg bringing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like 4 million, it's ridiculous. So I'm like, okay, again, a five game sample size. Yeah. With a guy who's on the point in your power play. Mm Mm-hmm who didn't play in the preseason, right? under a new system. This power play last year, the year before, the year before, was the exact same, the same five on power play one. You had the core four and Morgan Riley under Spencer Carberry, mm-hmm. the same system, an insane amount of reps, years and years of reps. And now you're changing that by one guy and the guy who creates the system, Guy Boucher, and the numbers have not been bad. No. Are just slightly worse. Slightly. They're, they're not bad at all. Yes. They're just slightly worse. Over five games, yeah, and you're going to spotlight that? I know. That doesn't make any sense to me. Of, of the issues. That doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Of the issues we have to deal with. It, where does power play fall into it? In the top five? No. Well, okay. No. Then, yeah, like, then I think everyone needs to relax. This, this is the definition of a small sample size, especially when it comes to power play. You know, we could talk about the games and pulling them apart and, uh, you know, the things we need to get better at. Those are full games. I understand that. It's still a small sample size, whatever. Now we're talking about the power plays inside of five games. Uh, I, I just, I think give them some time and they'll be absolutely fine. I, I don't think this is a huge issue. Yeah. I mean, Guy Boucher has had a couple weeks with this group. Yeah. And the group is being funneled by John Klingberg at the point, the quarterback, who is a new person in that new system. And then you're going to compare those five games to years and years of reps with the same five guys? Come on. I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think this is, this is a real thing. Now, John Klingberg playing regular time, uh, non power play time. I, th- okay. There is some, there is some, positions and limitations we need to put be putting them in here that uh that is a little worrisome the number of times you can see the opposing team coming into the coming into our zone and you already see Klinberg's back you already see his number and you're like "Uh uh-oh like he's already turned around because he's like shit i've i didn't i read this incorrectly i just can't believe the number of times i can see his number and that's why the three is just blazed in my head because the number of times he's just gotten beaten already i'm like oh boy (laughs) i love uh I watched the Tampa Bay overtime, like the full period with Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph oh, nice, commentating. Nice. They, someone, I can't remember who posted it on Twitter, but it, it's been going around. And uh, I just love, I think the first time or the second time Klingberg touched the puck, uh, Bowen called him Glenn Denning or Kling Denning. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me laugh so much. I'm like, where does Luke Glenn Denning get crossed with John Klingberg? Maybe because he's a center? <laughs> I, yeah, I guess the way he's carrying the puck. Yeah. <laughs> Not a defenseman. Yeah. <laughs> uh Kling Denning. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a little egregious, man. I think it's time. I think that's got me fired up a little bit. Let's let's get into this is egregious. This is egregious! Okay, this is egregious. This is egregious! Yeah. As we all know, Leaf Nation is no stranger to exaggeration or overreaction. Mm-hmm. We've all done it. Yep. I've overreacted. However, this segment is to highlight how ridiculous and egregious Toronto media can get and why it's 
ridiculous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I was going to kind of talk about the power play stuff that we kind of <laughs> just touched on, but yeah. I have another one mm-hmm. because as you know, we went one and two last week. Yes. So the fire Keith crowd is back. Oh, it's October again. So it must be fire Keith. It is time. Yep. Yep. It's insane. The amount of, uh, Things that were written and posted about Sheldon Keefe and how he's not going to last till Christmas and how we should fire him right now uh-huh. uh, is insane. You're not going to fire a guy two weeks into the season after you just extended him. That's bad management. That shows that you're lost. That shows what, that you don't know what you're doing and you didn't know what you were doing in the summer for extending him. Yeah. So let's pump the brakes there. Uh, this team is going to have to go through a whole world of hurt for that to be a serious possibility, especially mm-hmm. after him being extended right. uh, this year, for example. But my goodness, man, my goodness, this poor guy. <laughs> you know, you got to imagine you know what you're getting into when you sign up to be the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, but it just feels like it just, it just, I think it's because this is his first job in the NHL. I, I, I imagine that people are way harder on him. If you had looked at anyone else with this level of record, we would give him so yeah. many benefit of the doubts, but we do not with Sheldon Keith because we just believe he was handed the keys to a Ferrari and you're like, well, he's driving fast. Very good. You know, but I, I, he is, he is a much better coach. Than I think we give him credit for. And I think this is all working on stuff and it can't be both. It can't be, the regular season doesn't matter. Early season doesn't matter. But also, we're not playing well so far. The coach it can't be both. Yeah, and you know what's funny? The same people who are talking about firing Keefe are the same people that want to replace him with Guy Boucher, and they're upset about how worse the power play is. <laughs> yeah. So none of this makes any sense, man. Well, it's, those are the same people that would be like, "We should get Guy Boucher to be the interim head coach because then he doesn't have to coach the power play. We win on both facets." There you go. Yeah, everyone wins. <laughs> Get out of here. That is egregious. Mine egregious is going to be the fact that Austin Matthews has points in only two of five games. And that's a bad thing. Now, now he has six goals. He has more goals than games, but they were only in two games. So therefore, actually, my big brain is saying he's actually playing badly. Get the fuck out of here, you stupid idiots. The Austin Matthews, this is the, this is goes back to, we should just come up with like a template, Joey, where it's just, this person isn't doing what I thought they would. They play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They suck. Austin Matthews gets yeah. so much shit for being a very good player that they expect him to score a hat trick every game. And if he doesn't, he's playing very badly. So I just think everyone needs to uh, relax. I'm not saying everyone. I shouldn't say everyone. That is That was incorrect. Very few people that suck very badly need to shut the hell up. Austin Matthews <laughs> is having a great season so far. He's having a fantastic season. And like, Egregious. yeah, they haven't gone in for him in the past three games. But have you seen the amount of chances he's creating? Oh, I like, know. He's driving the play. He's splitting the D. He's mm. putting pucks through his legs and cutting inside. It's yep. it's chance after chance. It's crossbar after crossbar. Like you should be concerned when a player of that caliber is not getting chances. Not when they're not scoring. When they're not getting chances, that means mm-hmm. something's going on. Yep. 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 When they're not scoring, it could mean a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Like puck luck. Like just, you know. The puck just isn't finding the back of the net. But if the chances are there, which they are, which they are, and they are a plenty, I'm not worried at all. And again, like we talk about it all the time, just every other facet of his game is solid. He's always adding. And can we just talk about him on the penalty kill for two seconds? Yes, please, please. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's great. It's dangerous. So, yeah, it's very dangerous. And I know I like kind of was like disagreeing with 
Jonas Siegel for what he said on the power play, but he did say something about the penalty kill that I do agree with. Um, I wonder if you put Matthews with Yarncroft on the penalty kill and Marner back with Kampf, mm. because it seems like this Marner Matthews pairing, you know, <clears throat> you're, you're getting these, these chances from Matthews, you're getting these offensive rushes shorthanded. However, Marner kind of looks like he's lost his forechecking game mm. on the penalty kill. His defensive scrappiness on the penalty kill has kind of disappeared a little bit. And I wonder if you think Austin Matthews is going to be fine. He doesn't need Mitch Marner to play successfully on the penalty kill. I think right. he'll be more than fine playing with Callie Yarncroft in the penalty kill. Um, and then you put Marner back with his original penalty kill partner in David Camp. And, yeah. you know, you know what they can do on the penalty kill. It's amazing to see. But, man, Matthews on the penalty kill has been such a nice surprise. Absolutely. No, it's it's just it's just expanding the ways that he can contribute to the game. So if you're worried that he's not scoring enough goals, which I that'd be crazy, uh, you know, he's contributing in so many more other ways. And it adds that, you know, like we were saying about dangerous, it just adds that level of fear of going like, God, I cannot make that pass because if he picks it off, I'm so fucked. Because it'll be kicked up the ice to Yonkrock or Marner or whoever it is going to be. So I just, yeah, I, 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 it's, he deserves a lot of credit for doing this too, especially like he's kind of not, he's not a rookie anymore. You know what I mean? Like he's been in the year, no. he's been in the league for a number of years now to add this to his game, something he could absolutely do, but to take on this opportunity, I think is a great thing. That's why, I mean, that's why he is of the few superstars where he's just constantly looking to add things to his game yeah. that, that maybe he didn't have the year previous. And your star player, who's your first line center, who's your number one guy on the power play, who's your franchise, essentially, who's coming up and is like, yeah, I want to block shots. I want to play on the penalty kill. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great sign. No, it's absolutely a great sign. Absolutely. But my egregious thing is, you know, everyone just relax. He's doing great. Yeah. Just chill the fuck just out. Just chill out. It's egregious. <laughs> uh, this week we got... The end of our road trip, mm-hmm. Tuesday against Washington, Thursday against Dallas, and Saturday against Nashville. There's some fun cities for the Leafs, especially Oof. Saturday. Yeah. Um, what are you looking for this week? What do you what do you what do you want to see yeah, for, from it, the end of this uh long road trip? I think that I think the most important thing is we just need to settle in and some level of consistency. Not every game needs to be a win, but if you if you play hard, you get good scoring chances, you know, there's some at least some solid defense and goaltending. Okay. That's okay. You know what I mean? You're still trying to figure things out like we're talking about. But I think the it's been a roller coaster ride for these five games of like high, low, high, low, you know. And and I just think some some nice low scoring defensive games, some wins like that will go a long way into I think settling everybody's anxiousness. What do you think? Agreed. I want to see us lead a game from start to finish. Ah, yeah, that's good. I would like to see us get the first goal and hold that lead the entire game. Is that too much to um, ask? We haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah, is that, it might be. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm missing, What I'm, what's kind of frustrating me. I think that starts in net, and mm. that starts with Joe Wall on Tuesday. Yes. Um, I have all the faith in the world that he's going to come ready to play. I mean, you got Rasmus Sandin looking for some revenge yeah. on the Washington power play. Spencer Carberry, <laughs> but, uh, Rasmus Sandin, here we go. Watch out, everybody. Yeah. But no, I, I think uh, that's what I want to see. Obviously, I want to see um, short up defense, short mm. up goaltending. But I, that transpires into a full sixty minutes. I, I'm not worried about what we're going to get yeah. offensively. So I, I would just like to see a full sixty minutes where we lead and we don't relinquish 
that lead. Yeah, we could have had the Samson Up Revenge game too, but you know the schedule. The schedule is very interesting that they didn't schedule yeah. it that way. But yeah, so be it. I think I think everyone feels better about giving Wall a full start anyway. So uh, so you know, so well, it be. makes you think, right? How it, it was is Sheldon Keith lying? You, you know, know, where he yeah. says this was a scheduled start. It's an or easy thing he just- to hide behind. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, it was scheduled. You know what you can do, you know? Yeah. I think it was smart for him to, you know, you say that. So you, you have your goalies back and you know, you're not going to get the media like going absolutely nuts, but also to come out and say it what it is and say three goals on four shots. It's not good enough. No, you can't have that. No. And say that to the media because it isn't good enough. No. Cause it, yeah, you're right. That's terrible. No, it's, yeah, we're not going <laughs> to win that that way, even though we did. Uh, yeah, I uh, know. Well, <laughs> Coming up next, let's do the numbers game, Joey. Uh, okay. You ready? Yeah, start thinking. Yeah, bring out your abacus. A game where I put Joey on the spot to see if he can remember Leafs from eras past and what number they wore. Joey's currently 8 for 8. He is, he's perfect so far. But each player he gets wrong between now and the All-Star break, Joey will donate $10 to the You Can Play Project, a foundation working to ensure the safety and inclusion for all who participate in sports. Joey, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay, here we go. I cannot wait. I I don't know what I don't know what's more impressive if if you get one right or uh, like immediately again or if we can finally stump you. And which player it is, that's the most important part. All, All right, right. Let's go. Here, we go. here we go. Oh yeah, you're getting It's nervous? funny cuz like I'm like I have no idea what era you're going to bring up, so I'm yes. I'm trying to like I have all these players in my mind, but I'm like, okay, that's 2015, that's 2016, but what if he goes 2002? Like Okay, go. Yeah. Hit me. <laughs> okay. Dmitry Yuskevich. 36. Yes, it is 36. <laughs> just <laughs> tremendous stuff. I love that there's not even a thought. You're just like, it's like just, you're like instantly tapping into a part of your brain. That is incredible. Okay, so one for one today. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, here's an, okay, here's another one. Similar era, just a couple years later. Okay, uh, Mi- okay, okay. Mikhail Renberg. Michael Renberg. 19. Michael 19. Rembert, 19. Holy God, he got it again. Didn't even have to think. Joey, you are currently a, 10 for 10. That's a Matt Sundin line mate, man. Yeah. That's a Matt Sundin line mate. I know. Um, I remember a story about Michael Renberg. I don't okay, know why perfect. this pops in my mind. When I was what a kid, it? it was he got it. He was injured with, uh, he had like a, a finger injury, like a, a serious cut during mm-hmm. his Toronto Maple Leafs tenure. And it got infected and there was like ta- talks about it maybe getting amputated. Yes. And I remember that scared the crap out of me because your parents were like, well, it's because uh, his skate laces were dirty and he had a cut and uh, <laughs> he tried to tie his skates. So it got infected. And, and then every time I tied my skates from then on, that's what I thought about. So Michael Renberg has played a, has played a significant part in my mental anxiety when I, <laughs> when I get dressed to go play hockey. <laughs> Michael Renberg is why I, maybe that's my why I know so his number. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like 19 burning in your brain. Uh, you're ready to write a memorial for him for his infection he was going to have. Uh, all right, Joey, you are 10 for 10. Just truly incredible stuff. You want to get to some NHL news? Thank you. Yeah, uh, let's hit it before we before we uh, take off. Yeah. Uh, I guess, it, you know, we're not going to really talk about NHL players' injuries usually, but it's Connor McDavid. So. It's Connor McDavid. I guess we got to talk about it. <laughs> uh, so Connor McPower play is out for <laughs> one to two weeks. Um I guess the only thing of note here is he's missing or probably going to miss that Heritage Classic yes. game uh, against Calgary. Kind of sucks. Yeah, it uh, kind of sucks. You know, I mean, for fans of other teams, obviously everyone in Alberta is going to watch the game regardless. But like, I think a big reason of why fans like us would tune in for that game would be to see um, McPower play. Yep. 
Yep. Yep. So the, the, the worry, the worry too, it's like, you know, lip readers abound on the internet. I didn't know so many people. Lip I just, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I disagree with this completely, but go ahead. When he gets to the bench, people are saying he, he leans over to the athletic uh, trainer and he says he tore something. Uh, nope. So okay, I can ahead. read, I, I'm pretty good at reading lips. Wow. I don't know what he said. Yeah. I don't know what he said, but he did not say I tore something. I think that was whoever posted that trying to get a bunch of clicks. Okay. Just, just watch the clip over and over yeah. with the I tore something in mind or just tore. You cannot find him saying tore. <laughs> it, your mouth moves like tore. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. just this is this is nonsense, I think. And I think it's it's someone trying to get some clicks. I mean, maybe it'll come out that he tore something and I'm just full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he tears I, his I don't think he tore anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's obviously it's just like bad for hockey and whatever. Yeah, that goal he sure. scored with the the spinning on the knees is is an amazing goal that like I, probably the highlight of the season so far. But it kind of goes into the Ovechkin uh, sliding on his back and trying to do the backhand from. Early oh career, yeah, yeah. Where it's like it's Against just Arizona as much luck as it is skill. Where you go like God, I yeah. hope this goes towards the net. Oh, it went in, fantastic. Whereas same thing, he's spinning on his knees. He goes, Oh my God, the puck's in front of me. This is fantastic. So what goal do you think is is better so far? That one or the Jack Hughes one where he what? like danced he like kept the puck on a stick. It was what, what was it who is it against St. Louis? Yes, yeah, something like that. Yeah. I can't remember who it was against, but they just puck watched and just puck watched Thailand. And what a goal. I I think just because of the McDavid play being so quick yeah. and it was just kind of like one motion as opposed to the Jack Hughes play being like a bunch of twists and turns. It kind of looked like Steph Curry that time where he bounced, deked out the entire team and yes. came up and shot a three. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. So that would be my current vote for goal of the year. I, I would too, wow. because it is all singular skill that led him to yeah. a goal where he was like, I was completely in control the whole time. Whereas I think the Conor McDavid one is just an amazing play. Like, whoa, holy shit. He spun around three guys and then the puck ended up off the boards and onto him. Like there's, you put a lie detector test. There's no way he's like, oh yeah, I meant to do that. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? But also I'm sure we'll see a oh, bunch more hybrid goals from Connor and Jack that will contest for goal of the year. Absolutely. Um, Tuesday night. The Frozen Frenzy, the NHL is debuting the Frozen Frenzy because ESPN is deciding so. Yes. Uh, which makes total sense, man. So from 6 p.m. Eastern all the way to 11 p.m. Eastern, all 32 teams are playing 16 games and all the starts are staggered. Yeah. Starting with the Toronto Maple Leafs going into Washington at 6 p.m. and then Philly going into Vegas at 11 p.m. Eastern. Everything is 15-minute intervals. The reason for that is so you don't have every single game in the first intermission and then yeah. every single game in the second intermission at the same time. Super smart. Super, oh, super smart. Yeah, I, I hate that we agree on this so much because it's like, yeah, they should absolutely do this. Like, they should absolutely make uh, hockey more of a televised sport. This this makes too much sense. Yeah. I think about it often like with with baseball, they, you know, they made rule changes that were pretty fundamental to the game. And even after 2 weeks, the hardest purist in the world, the biggest old school baseball guy was like, they lopped 30 minutes off of a game. This is fantastic. I love this, you know. Yeah. And to do something very small like just change the start times gets us closer to the NFL red zone type thing where you can have a camera exactly. flying around to go like, we got five minutes left. There's a power play in this game. Then we go to this guy and then we go here. I, they, cause ESPN wants to do an, uh, an NFL red zone type thing for the NHL. And I've always wondered how the world that would work just because hockey is such a, a fast flowing game. This is how you can do that by staggering these games. 
hundred percent. I was going to ask you, I actually didn't know. I was like, is that a thing yet? Because it should be, they should just call it power play. Like you have staggered starts. That means a bunch of commercial breaks are going to be happening when other games are being played. Yeah. When it's, when there's a power play, you throw it right to that game. I think that would be great. Yes. Like I would watch that. I mean, I don't have uh, like a full league investment like I do with the NFL with no. the NHL, where yeah. it's like I'm more focused on the Leafs. But mm-hmm. if you gave me something like that, that would be a lot of fun. I know. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I think it is. It's the same way that like the NFL Red Zone, if you don't know what we're talking about, the NFL Red Zone is a channel. And from 1 till 7, 7.30 p.m., uh, they just show you seven hours of uncommercial free football where all they're doing is just panning to the games with teams closest to scoring. And so in football, that's really easy because that's usually past the 50 yard line or inside the red zone, which is inside the 20. And so you would, all you're doing is getting closer to knowing who is going to score. The easier way in hockey to do that is just to show teams on the power play. But really the secret of the NFL red zone is they don't often show people only in the red zone. They just show what games are happening and which games are happening in between commercials. So you're not missing any, any football. That would be the secret to do it in hockey. Show the power plays. You can make it just power play totally. But when teams are not in the power play, we can just watch games you can watch close games. Like that's good. I'd watch that. Exactly. Oh, for sure. And you know what the best part about that is? Yeah. You don't have to sit through five <laughs> Ozempic commercials and 10 <laughs> Questrade commercials during every game. That's oh, the best part. God, I, 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 do, I don't have to listen to the, uh, the in-between period stuff too. God, it is getting bad. That is something we need to talk about in the future episodes. Ugh. Yeah, that is something we could touch on. Yeah, just a better panel would be nice. Oh, just something entertaining would be nice. Why is it hockey that we're restricted to these like nonsense cliches and stuff like that? Ah, oh, they're really trying hard out there. And you're like, okay, cool. That's really that's Yeah, from awesome. like old fourth liners. Yeah. And like, I want it, yeah. Like TNT's got- This is a larger- This yeah, is a bigger topic. We exactly. We this right now. This right is a bigger now. topic. <laughs> right but we will talk about this next week. Why yeah, don't we okay. talk about this next week? <laughs> Done. All right, awesome. Um, Yeah, I think that's all we have today. For those of you who made it this far, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate the hell out of all you good buds. Go Leafs go. Go Leafs go. You can follow us on Twitter at GoodBudsPod. Any questions you'd like us to answer on the podcast, you can send to GoodBudsPod at gmail.com. The song you're listening to is Adelaide by Taylor Whitaker of Bad Friend. Adelaide is available wherever you find music. I hope you feel better like you wanted to then. haven't talked I know we haven't talked in a while but my hands have missed the feel of your cold black hair Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!